Ollie's mum's ringing. Go on. <laughs> Hello. Um, don't say fuck or bugger, you're live on um, Forward the Hamlet podcast. Can you tell us how much you enjoyed the Talky Dulwich game? Oh, it's brilliant. Hey. Thoroughly enjoyed it. There you go. Straight from the horse's mouth. You're not a whore. Right, mum, I'm going to have to call you back. Okay. Bye, love you. Be nice if all the teams went out and played like swaggering dandies as the Hamlet do. An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get it. Swaggering dandies. An absolute humdinger. Hello and welcome to For the Hamlet. My name is Ben Sibley, and uh, this fortnight I am joined by Hugo Greenhound. Good evening. How are we? I'm very well, thank you. And I'm also joined for the first time ever by Ollie Jarman. Thank you for having me. No worries. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm even better now that I'm down here. Welcome aboard. In and, and office. Where are we this evening? We're in, well, I've seen this room before. I'm in Gav's office. Old office. Old office. Yeah, the, the gaffer's office, as where they, they call it. It's where they store the, the boxes of Baileys. <laughs> and, yeah, and old bottles of wine and uh, various other strange bits and pieces. So the housekeeping tonight, which I forgot about <clears throat> in the previous episode, is that, yes, we are in uh, a very strange location, maybe even slightly weirder than the bar in the boardroom. There is, so. there is no fridge this week, so I won't be kicking the fridge in the background and we, cursing it. But instead, we've got the boxing gym soundtrack, which appears grime to be artist recording next door. Very bass heavy uh, grime music, I believe the kids call it. So uh, that's being picked up nicely by the mic. So uh, enjoy that. I feel there's something quite poetic about being in Gav's old office. <laughs> Progress. Yeah, I feel like you know, he did this office saw the best you know management team, and now it's these. A podcasting team. <laughs> it's a very strange selection of chairs in here. Some like old school IT room purple backed chairs and some massive leather recliners. It's quite comfy actually. Yeah, I think we know which one Gav's on. <laughs> I'm quite enjoying it. How's everyone's week been? Or fortnight? What's everyone been doing? Uh, I've been to as many Chelsea games as I have Dulwich. Um, so you can call me EDC if you like. It's <laughs> Dulwich. Chelsea turncoat. No, um, I went to the Chelsea Spurs game last week, which was quite enjoyable for a rather entertaining own goal, which I was lucky enough to be right behind. Um, oh yeah, probably the, probably the second most I've celebrated Kieran Trippier. It was goal. weird because the first goal was trippy, the second goal was trippier. <laughs> <laughs> why do we invite this guy? That's why he's here. <laughs> uh, and then on Sunday, Ben and I went to Crown Cottage, didn't we? We had a very cool. nice. Sort of cottage shepherd's pie mashup before. Oh, the yeah, game. this deserves a mention. Yeah. Go on. Um, so, my housemate works in a bookshop, and the owner of which invited me to the game on, on Sunday. He lives incredibly close to Craven Cottage. You could, if you had a good arm, you could probably hit Craven Cottage with a tennis ball from, from his door. And we arrived about half an hour before kickoff at, at this guy's house. I was to, really hungover as well. Yeah, so was, I got offered a beer, which we both had to decline, um, rather pathetically. But what we what we lacked in beer, we made up for in shepherd cottage pie. It was a mix. Yeah, it was a mix. We found out afterwards. Yeah, exactly. We thought we were eating cottage pie in the location, but apparently the secret to a good pie is to do both. What's Beef the and lamb. Beef and lamb. Yeah. yeah. So it was delicious. It was great. I can't There's recommend it enough. Some roasted aubergine as well, which really hit the spot. Maybe you should do a splinter podcast with like cooking with forward the ham. Forward the ham. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> and how about you, Ollie? What have you been up to? I've been very busy this week. I've done a lot of work, which is very exciting. It's nice to be in the studio. Um, and I've been to the gym, which was excellent. I had a very unproductive week, if I'm honest. How's your, how's your gym partner? Yep, brilliant. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Vicka Barrys if you're listening. She always listens to this. <laughs> well, uh, shall we get into things? The first thing I wanted to talk about is uh, Talkie Away. And it's uh, I wanted to talk about it, but I wasn't actually there. So uh, this is going to be mostly on you two. And uh, it's a particularly special game for Ollie because... I'm from Devon. There we go. <laughs> Yay! My formative years were spent in Torquay, Jules, who many of you will know from being the good-looking one of our squad. 
Uh, he's my cousin and he was brought up there. He went to school there. So I spent many a Christmas in Torquay and a lot of nights out growing up. Nice. First sort of, sort of boozy weekends were in Torquay. Yeah, nice. and I, I was lucky enough to sample a bit of uh, those youthful years on uh, on Saturday night after the Torquay game. Yeah, and well, what kind of tour guide would I have been if I'd not taken taken you out? It's a shame you weren't there, Sibs. It was uh, actually you would have cramped our style, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what little there was left of it. Um, so take me through the day. What what was fun? What wasn't fun? What happened? Any interesting tales to regale? Well, what did we start off doing? Uh, we started at Applebee's. Yeah, so I came down on a Saturday morning on the train. Got Actually, to be fair, the arrival in the station was rather beautiful. I, I left Torquay train station to find Jules splayed over the bonnet of his uh, Mini Cooper waiting for me to, to take me back to his parents' house to drop my stuff. Not quite sure how long he'd kept that pose up or even how sure he was that I was definitely going to be on that train. But uh, he held it. I heard that he'd been lying across the bonnet for longer than he should have done. <laughs> yeah, I think um, thirty seconds is probably too long. Long enough, yeah. yeah. Especially on that. Um, so I had quite the uh, the royal reception when I arrived. Good use of word because that car is fit for a royal, isn't it? Yeah, it's, they, it's known in the southwest as the Brexit mobile. Is there a Union Jack involved? It's got a Union Jack on the roof <laughs> and, <laughs> and on the wing mirrors. Oh <laughs> you couldn't miss it. You certainly couldn't miss it when uh, Jules was lying across the bonnet. Um, but in any case, got whisked off. Um, quick beer with uh, Jules's parents, um, and then it was off to Applebee's. Yeah, uh, an old haunt of yours, Ollie. Many things. Yes, if, if Applebee's had walls with ears, is that the same? No. Yeah. 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 Shit went down there. Yeah. So um, give us a give us a picture of Applebee's. Where where is it? What does it look like? What's Applebee's is a beautiful building nestled in a cliff top walk overlooking the beautiful English Riviera. You've got the sea and the beach within your view. It's just next to the Premier Inn. <laughs> you will, where quite a lot of our number were staying. Exactly. So it was a very convenient spot. We all congregated there. Yeah. Um, a few uh, games of fives were had. Yeah. My. My mum, bless her little cotton socks, had made the effort and I don't know why she decided to come and watch a Dulwich game in Torquay, but she came down with my sister and the nieces and nephews. And family affair. It was a proper family affair, it was it absolutely really was, lovely. They all turned up wearing pink and blue, they went the whole hog, it was absolutely excellent. And um, the entire rabble, everyone was there, proper welcoming, got them involved in games of fives. Um, we really wanted my mum to do tequila shots. At, <laughs> It was about half one in the afternoon, but unfortunately, she's a total player. She absolutely shot everyone and didn't have to do any 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 shots. So, wasn't there a, a bridge nearby that was draped in the HFC colours? All yeah, the way to the one game? of my nieces wanted to be involved, so she's now an honorary member of the Junior Rabble. Nice. And we took down some um, pink and blue fabric. Oh, speaking of that fabric, didn't you perform some sort of masterful magic trick? I did. I did. So this, this, the disappearing act that's been doing the rounds on social media, where you hold up a piece of material, tarpaulin, flag, towel. And Normally it confuses dogs, right? That's yeah. The sort of, that's the level I was at. And yeah, after a few beers, it was a great idea to do that. <laughs> Didn't go down well. And it was though. perfect because you throw up the flag and then it comes down and as it's coming down, you see your feet and actually your entire body, including your face, disappear behind the wall. Yeah. And then someone on social media decided to comment saying, oh shit. Well, I'm not as that well supple as I used to I was be. Poor <laughs> you <or not. laughs> I'm working on it, but yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to find the guy's name. I don't know. He doesn't need a mention. <laughs> he definitely doesn't. Yeah. No. Oh, well, here he is. Straight on. Pedro77. Peter Connolly. <laughs> Peter Connolly 4, in fact. No. Now the three were busy. <laughs> he replied to my post saying, total rubbish. <laughs> I'm sorry, Peter Connolly, but it's... it's I mean, of, it might have gone over your head, mate. Maybe slightly preemptive of our performance in the game, but... Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he knows more than we do. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yes. Speaking of which, we lost 5-2. Uh, how bad was it to witness in the flesh? First half shocking second half pride restored to a certain degree I'd agree yeah yeah. we were bad in the first half we were totally outclassed out muscled 
out physicaled outthought certainly outthought well there are a few individual mistakes as well along with that yeah um, Cookie was roped off after about 20 minutes I'm not sure if he was necessarily too at fault for anything taking out the kitchen <laughs> but yeah, you're having that uh, yeah Gavin took him off made a sort of tactical switch um, I mean but, it's difficult to say there was <clears throat> too many mistakes when, mistakes when you're 1-0 down at 9 minutes like yeah they were they showed their class as a team that are higher up in the league than us and yeah. are doing well you know they scored 5 goals yes yeah, a story came out a few days after the game that um, Torquay are in fact training at a Premier League quality facility in Devon some sort of local school has lots of pitches or mm. a college perhaps and I think it's just very clear that given the resources they have the manager they have presumably the budget they have that um, they're a very good team and we, we couldn't really compete with them at least in the first half Is it 4 nil after half an hour about? About that like that, yeah. um, but all of that excitement hadn't happened before a rather notable substitution of a different kind uh, again after about 20 minutes the referee signaled to the to the sideline and kind of did the old you know subs revolving hands maneuver fella hobbles off and um, the linesmen are discussing like the managers are coming over being like what's going on what's going on and about five minutes later you have that iconic tannoy announcement that I think every non-league fan secretly wants to hear it says there's a qualified linesman in the stands please make yourself known to the officials for about five minutes, this this middle-aged Torquay fan steps up, very cheerful-looking guy, from what I could gather, and he was um, loving his moment in the limelight. Yeah, so, if you're wait, backtrack a bit. So, if you are a qualified linesman or referee, do you have to make yourself known to the match officials on that day? I think it's like if you were a doctor on a bus and someone fell ill. Yeah. I think you'd very good metaphor. You don't. <laughs> I don't think you have to go and help that person medically but I see it as it's your sort of obligation I feel so did you say the Tannoy announcer said there is someone in the crowd so no, if, if there is oh if sorry is. right yeah, yeah, yeah. can I just say it's actually a PA because the Tannoy's a brand name right well all, all uh, public announcement <laughs> systems are equally good so I wouldn't want to favour Tannoy over other any other PAs others. are available they certainly are it's quite a pedantic podcast this week <laughs> I've been watching too much uh, um, but if I'm right in saying I think the, uh, the pundit Jimmy Hill with the rather large chin yeah. was once commentating on a game in the 70s maybe even at Highbury and again a similar situation happened referee has an injury linesman has to fill in and then you have to have someone who's like a qualified linesman to fill in. So yeah. Jimmy did it. We'll call this guy Jimmy as well for the sake of argument. But he stepped into the breach. I think probably the highlight of his game was being so far away from the from the goal line that he gave a corner from about 20 yards away <laughs> from the corner flag, um, which was rather entertaining. But I mean, to be fair, he probably kept up with it more than any of us could. So... <laughs> Kudos to that Torquay fan. And it didn't really change the result, I can tell you that much. But we improved in the second half, right? <clears throat> Immensely, yeah. We made a few subs. Dippo came on. Nathan Ferguson came on. Um, and unfortunately, Nathan Green dislocated his, his arm, his shoulder perhaps. That's about an hour. Yeah, and he was, for the rest of the games, he couldn't come off. He was holding it against his chest to avoid it getting like shaken any more out of place but you could see he was like in physical pain so literally any time he was on the ball he would just kind of knock it and run and try and lay it off to someone just like having getting away from his man as quickly as possible to avoid any more injury you could tell that he wasn't comfortable at times yeah definitely yeah it's one of those ones where you're sort of kind of willing the player to take himself off and almost just take the 10 men but to our credit and his immense credit he stayed on he scored he nearly scored again and you know, as as the chant rang out at Plainmore at full time, we won the second half. We did. We won two one in the second half. We played very well as well, and very confidently. And do you think that uh, strong end of the game played a part into the uh, exciting night that was had by rather a few of the crew? Very exciting night. I would. I, I don't. My so my auntie, who is Torquay, she's from Sunderland, she but she lives in Torquay. Um, half of our family are Torquay fans 
from being from Torquay, and she, uh, I'm, I'm gonna say four nil down, maybe even earlier. I'm not not that I'm one, you know. Stitches get snitches. I'm not gonna dog my auntie in, but she did. This is Jules's mum, by the this way. This is Jules's mum. She did proceed to climb the barrier and scuttle from the Dulwich side because we were segregated uh, to the Torquay side of the of the stand, and she sat with the Torquay fans. At which point it went down very badly. Yeah, some rather unpleasant things or unsavoury things. Yeah, were. I mean, a the stewards went to have a word with her about trespassing. <laughs> but she didn't have a ticket to sit in that stand. Of she course, wanted to I mean, yeah, rolls and rolls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they did very good. They were sort of the second best stewards I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there were some some unsavoury chances to. Aimed at her. <laughs> and we, to be honest, the most, By most you? exciting. Her own yeah, yeah, we sort of, yeah. Take By her own son. <laughs> By her own son. And husband. At one point, we yeah. were more interested in getting her kicked out of the ground than <laughs> anything to do with the game. scoring again. Yeah. We, we couldn't have that happen. But luckily, she wasn't kicked out. And we had a jovial time, even though we lost 5 2. We did. We've definitely had losses that affected us. Worse. Is there yeah. a return to Applebee's on this night out? There was via Boots and Laces, which is the Torquay Club bar. Yeah, shout out to Boots and Laces, they were lovely, the they staff were. there. If you go and see a Torquay match, I'd recommend stopping by afterwards and Yeah. Because obviously they have such a big fan base that they don't they aren't necessarily as wedded to that clubhouse as many other non-league clubs are. True, and um the area that Plainmore is in is there's a few pubs around it, so obviously the locals tend to, when the game finishes, congregate at their local pub rather than staying at the club bar, whereas I know certainly at Champion Hill we've got a really good following of, even though we you know may have lost the match, get to the bar and the social aspect of it is really important. So I definitely recommend anyone go to Boots and Laces, chat to the local bar staff and the, the fans that stay behind, they're all really, really interesting characters and really, really nice. And they, yeah. really, they were very welcoming to us. Absolutely. Uh, and then we hopped in some cabs, went back to Applebee's. We did. Um, I noticed for the first time that Applebee's had a sign next to the door that says, please keep your shirt on at all times. So that's the sort of bar that's set, like a kind of a, remi- a nice reminder, a nice pleasant reminder to keep your shirt on. And you, you think that they've taken the time and the money to produce a sign like that, then it happens relatively regularly. Yeah, I think that gives yeah. you a, a, a roundup of the clientele they get. And it did happen that night, Tough didn't it? Lads. It did, yeah. Um, it was a the group of Welsh rugby because it players. was a rugby match as well. Yeah, um, we we watched that in boots and laces. Yep, the Welsh boys were happy. Celebrate by taking their tops off on the Applebee's balcony. Yeah, and what a place to do it! Sun setting. Yep, it's quite idyllic. The, the glint of the sea. Yep, <clears throat> a few bottles of hooch being. Ah, yes. The old um, the old teenage teenagers' favourite. Sugar high and alcohol at the same time. Yeah, and a little lemon with a face on it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so we proceeded along the promenade, took a little Riviera side walk. We did, past the, past the Princess Theatre. Nice. Classic bit of architecture. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Appreciated by all. We went to. Where did we go first? The London Inn. Nice. Uh, which... Home from home. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Never made that connection, uh, which Jesus. was brilliant. The rabble came out. Actually, it was really good to see a few of the rabble at the Applebee's as well. At the Applebee's. Definitely. Shout out to Steve Hunnisett, who... Uh, yeah, you don't have to look too far on the internet to find Steve in a bright pink uh, sequined... F- fedora? Well, I'm gonna, I think it was cowboy. just a cowboy hat, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know which Hindu he stole that from, but <laughs> fair, fair play to him. I'm sure there's going to be quite a few of them to choose from on the night out in Tokyo on yeah, Saturday. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, uh, it, was, it was lovely. Everyone was really, even though we'd lost, on the dance floor, everyone was dancing, everyone was happy, everyone was chatting. It was excellent. A lovely weekend had by all. Yeah, and that's Absolutely. the end of that, is it? So that's lovely. Tokyo finished there. Yeah, so nothing else happened. Nothing fit for this podcast. No. Wee lads, wee. <laughs> I feel like we could do a late night podcast. I played like the old late night Hollywood. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a great idea. Uh, okay, I think I'm talking pretty much covered. Uh, well, apart from the bit where we all went out dancing, it was excellent, and 
everyone drank far too much. Even though it's not big or clever. But we had to put some people to bed. And because I love hosting and I felt like it was my time to shine, I took Hugo out for a special night out. At this point, I think it must have been quite late. I'm going to say, you know, 11 p.m. And everyone was in bed. <laughs> we took Jules to bed, didn't we? We put him in bed with Jack. And we disappeared in the taxi back to Park Lane. <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Um, a bit of a two-man social. Yeah, well, I didn't want you to go home and come back to London and think talking was boring. No, I, I so, certainly do not think it's boring. Good, good. Just, I just want to make that clear. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had a bit of a knees up. Um, went to a sort of after hours club that seemed to be underneath a hairdresser. Oh yeah. Where we walked... someone had to turn up with a bunch of keys to let us in. Yeah, that's, we left, I think we left at about five. Yeah. And as we walked out the front door after the lock-in, I sort of thought, that's a kebab shop. It just looked like a chicken shop above us. But yeah, it was quite nice. Shout out to Prestige. <laughs> Once you've been at Boots and Laces, you should also go to Prestige. They, was, they made some good cocktails. Um, and also shout out Jules' mum for the second time on this podcast. Not shout out Jules' mum. What happened? Jules' mum had heard us come back at midnight to drop some, to drop her son. Her son off. He's um, old enough to know better. He is old enough to know better. And she double locked the door. So we came home. For the second time. For the second time, <laughs> and I managed to get us into the into the uh, into the porch, and I just thought it was a problem with the key, but we'd been double locked outside, so we spent about forty five minutes trying to break into my front door, Jules's <laughs> front door. It got to about half five in the morning, quarter quarter to six. Contemplating sleeping in the porch. We were, I was going to book a taxi to go to Premier Inn. I tried go back to Prestige. Go back to Prestige. <laughs> Uh, and luckily, I was yeah quite grumpy at this point, but yeah, we made it. We made it home, guys. Yeah, I know you're all worrying. Time. We are still here. <laughs> we did make it home. We had a great night's sleep, and the train journey back to London the next day was six hours of royal laughs and joviality, and everyone was on really good form. So don't worry. I saw a few photos of you that <laughs> seemed to beg very different. I'm afraid on that train home. Yeah, I was hanging. You looked like you're about. Good. 20 years older than you actually are. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. You know, none of us are getting any younger, so it's understandable. That weekend made me older. <laughs> the football, Physically and mentally. The football game stressed me out and made me old, and then taking Hugo out stressed me out and made me old too. <laughs> and the journey back it was also quite stressful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't, have any other, I wouldn't have it any other way. It was brilliant. Good. Yeah. Uh, a standout... Away day for Dutch yeah. Hamlet. Yeah. Like yeah. it was always going to be. Exactly, yeah. It was one of the ones we had in the calendar when, when we got into this league and yeah. it did not disappoint. No. Off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and for about 20 minutes on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, something I suppose slightly less stressful and probably not as uh, story-filled was the game following, which is the Dartford game at home. Ollie wasn't there for that, so Ollie, thanks very much. I was, still, I was still dealing with my hangover from Torquay, I think. <laughs> I turned off about 30 seconds before the whistle went, which is nice. I went for lunch with my mother, actually, and didn't think I was going to be able to make it. This is a really family-oriented podcast, yeah. isn't it? As, as it should be. Yeah. I say lunch, it was for more... For the family. For you know, the family. It was more brunch. Went to Story Coffee just before Clapham Junction on like the Putney side. It's quite nice actually. Although I made the choice of not to have eggs and avo because obviously everyone does that every time they go fucking anywhere for anything in London. I don't make it at home like, yeah. at least once a week. So I thought, no, I'm gonna have something different. Went for some smoky beans on sourdough with a couple of fried eggs and goat's cheese extra just because they wanted some goat's cheese. Shit, oh. really disappointing. So the lesson here is always have eggs and avo and just embrace the basicness because as soon as you try and sidetrack, it never works. Delicious coffee as well, actually. And then uh, you'd know. I would know. You love your coffee because I I do coffee. You do coffee. So that was nice. And then also, my mum turned around and said, uh, "Isn't Aunt Dulwich playing today? Don't you want to go and make that?" I was like, oh, "That's the first time I've seen you since uh, Christmas." Oh, that's excellent, mum. <laughs> However, yes, I do. There's Clapham North Tube Station. See Did you later. You? Oh, hang on a minute. That's bad sunning, though. How? Mum would have loved 
Mama Sibs would love it here. Her, she came to Needham Market away a couple of years ago. Whenever. More about seeing in it. <laughs> so yeah, she she left me to it. Oh, that's cool. In the background, uh, listeners, we're watching highlights from Billy Ricky away last year, and uh, you know we're, we're multitasking. And uh, Naira Clunas has just run away to score the third goal. If anyone remembers that. Uh, anyway, well, they'll have to because we're going to get onto it later. Yeah, we'll come onto that later. Anyway, so yeah, I made kick off, uh, and Hugo was there with me, and Jules was there. Ollie was not there. Uh, we took up a, a space right behind the goal for once, kind of a bit further forward, which was quite yeah. nice. Bit of space. One of the banners took up a bit of space as well, didn't it? Oh yes, yeah. So Hugo and Jules. Bannerama gate. <laughs> <laughs> so earlier on in the season, we put up a few banners. One of them covered the Bannerama. Uh, I suppose league promo. Is it a banner board? Board, yeah. And uh, I think the club got bollocked for it. And then about twenty minutes into the game, <laughs> someone said, "Where's the uh, the Vanarama board? You're not supposed to cover that up." Oh, it's not here. No, no it's it's covered up. <laughs> <laughs> so we swiftly uh, took that banner down. So it was still there. Ollie's mum's ringing. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Um, don't say fuck or bugger, you're live on um, Forward the Hamlet podcast. <laughs> Can you tell us how much you enjoyed the Talkie Dulwich game? Oh, it was brilliant. Hey. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoyed it. There you go, straight from the horse's mouth. You're not a whore. Right, Mum, I'm going to have to call you back. Okay. Bye, love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Just to be clear, that wasn't scripted. That was. <laughs> she has this really amazing... Um, Ability to phone at the most inopportune moment. Or the most opportune moment. Oh, yeah? I'd say. Yeah. She did that. She knew that I was coming on today and she went, I want to get on that. So. She took that quite well. Yeah, she did. 10 seconds of fame. Yeah. Played it quite well. That'll go straight to her head. (laughs) Honestly. Honestly. Uh, So, yeah, uh, we've already been going for half an hour, so we're going to have to work through the rest of what we want to talk about, really. So, we beat Dartford 2 0. It was a very comfortable performance. Dartford are pushing for playoffs. Uh, they turned up and they were on the whole dog shit, I thought, really. They weren't great. And uh first half was notable mainly for Jamie Maskell, his first goal since returning to the club on loan from Charlton Athletic. Uh, side foot volley from Minora Clunas cross to the back post. I think the battered it into the Womping back, volley would be Womping. Womping. So we yeah, that's makes me because I wasn't there, I watched it. I, when I did watch it, I just thought, "Womp, that's gone in the goal." <laughs> I think that's, that's what he thought too, because he he enjoyed it. Well, those, those volleys that even though they hit with the side foot, they do travel at some pace when they hit first time. Very nice finish. And he ran behind the goal, and I went to high five him, and he ignored me. So that was a highlight. Well, so. you you've been a t- former teammate of his, haven't you? Yeah, a one-off former teammate. <laughs> yeah, friendly against Peckham Town. Yep, best ninety minutes of my life. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was great to see Mask back. He played very well. Return of the Mask. Return of the Mask. Oh. He came up with his own hashtag. Return <laughs> of the Mask. Oh, well, I mean, it seems it's... silly not to do that into a song, surely. Well, this is like I said about Chake Thin when Chake Tory went back to Burgess Hill. Like, why didn't Dulwich do Return of the Mask instead of Welcome Jamie? We were too busy it's doing just... songs like um, Oh, the Nathans play for Dulwich, and then they don't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Taj Bashk, I thought also looked very good in the middle. I, this is our new player, by the way. Yeah, I haven't just sneezed off air. Um, Taj Bashk. Uh, As he told me in the bar afterwards, I asked him how to pronounce his name. And he's quite a combative centre midfielder, not afraid of a tackle, puts himself about. I asked him how to pronounce it. Turns out he's just as feisty off the pitch. He turned to me and it's fucking phonetic, mate. It's not hard. he said it with a smile on his face but I was terrified Uh, and then he said it and I still can't remember how to say it well I I was going fairly phonetically so yeah I think you're probably right but he was good he certainly kept Benny Crook quiet ex-Dulwich player playing for Dartford and sent him in yep Um, yeah he was good Uh, George Essamon also stood out left back playing on the left anyway good to see him in the starting lineup. he he mentioned to us after the game that he'd been biding his time, waiting for that chance, and he got his chance, and he was excellent. A clean sheet, a rare clean sheet for Dulwich. He was in the middle of a back three, wasn't he? With Chambers and Taylor, Maskell and Clunas as the wing backs. And is he talkie He is. He's on loan from Torquay, actually. And interestingly, um, when we did the preview for the Torquay game with one of their one of their fans, 
um, for a fanzine. They were asking us how he was getting on, and we were both a bit stumped by that question because he just hasn't really played. So it's good to see him get the chance and, and take it with both hands. Um, and from a few videos we saw on Instagram afterwards, he seemed to be enjoying it in the in the training room afterwards, <laughs> doing a little jig to celebrate the win. Um, Preston was also back after Simon Jorgensen played at Torquay. Good to have Preston back. He's quite solid, despite his wife being. Well, it could have been hours from giving birth to their second child. Uh, he made an incredible save in the second half, down low to his left, at 1-0. Uh, a couple of minutes, or maybe 10 or 15 minutes before we scored a second goal. The Sheriff came on, scored another scrappy goal, which is becoming his habit. There was no backflip, I think he was too excited and forgot. I think, having seen that goal in the 90th minute, yeah, it's exciting, but you wonder up. Maybe don't do a backflip to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really flip worthy, I don't think. I, but yeah, it's like I think you've got the celebration. You've got to be consistent. Doesn't matter how it goes in, surely. True, but <laughs> Sheriff's goal per minute ratio is becoming very impressive. He's playing. That might be his fourth or fifth goal for Dulwich now. Yeah. And a lot of these coming off the bench. We probably should have worked that out. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't consult Tom Bale this week. For <laughs> we'll get more. Get more stats next get week. More stats next week. You can't just do all the stats though. Nah. Only the good ones. So I'm going to say it off the hoof, but I think he's got a very good goal per minute ratio. Go on, have a guess now. How many minutes he's made for Dulwich? Yeah, give, give us a, a goal to minute ratio and then we'll find out next week. I think a goal. I mean, I say we, you you guys can find out next week. I reckon it's a goal every 22 minutes. You can say one every 22. I think it's a goal every 44 minutes. Fuck, that's quite a difference. Yeah, coming up in different angles, but. I can't guess. We'll get a hold of Tom Bale Yeah. see who's closest. Um, and there was a bit of an incident in the second half as well, wasn't there, between two Dartford players? What happened there? The centre-back for Dartford, Tom Bonner, who wasn't really dealing very well with some of the taunts behind the goal for most of the game, uh, lost his head towards the end of the game. I think it was before Sheriff scored the second goal. Can't yeah. you remember. I'd, I'd suggest he found his head rather than <laughs> lost it. Well, he... Headbutt his own goalkeeper. Uh, everyone, clever. everyone behind the goal saw it. Uh, the referee and the linesman saw it and consulted each other for a good couple of minutes and then decided not to do anything. It's a red card. He didn't even get a yellow card. It was bizarre, yeah. I mean, you do that to an opposition player, you're off. You do that to the ref, you're off. Yeah. Facing a long band, too, probably. Yeah. And uh, the ref just seemed to try and settle it amicably. I didn't see it on the highlights because. It's that sort of behaviour is not worth highlighting, but I have seen um, the photographs of Duncan Palmer. Yeah, and looks like he's gonna kill him. It does look. I mean, there's aggression there. Like you can't. Yeah, yeah there was palpable aggression there. Oh yeah, he's fuming. He um, totally lost it. While it was all going on, we tried to uh, get uh, Billy Crook's attention because he was standing by the post for a corner. And you could see he just had a little bit of a wry smile on his face. He always does. He always yeah. stands on that post. Whichever team he's ever played for back at Champion Hill, he stands on that same post. Yeah. And every time there's either a small little like side eye or a little side smirk. He can't help himself. And we were lucky enough to have a bit of a chat with Billy after the game. Um, bless him, he was literally on his way out. And uh, I wanted to say hi because I'm a long-term fan and friend of Billy Crook, I would say. And uh, Would he call you a friend? You have yeah. to ask him. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Follows me on social, mate. Like, uh, I okay. I'm guilty of calling lots of people friends that aren't my friends, <laughs> just because I've met him. Me and Aaron Ramsey, for example, he put a picture of me on Instagram with best pals. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't spoken to me for two years. Well, um, you did the same with Billy on the weekend. No? Yeah. <laughs> Billy, can I have your gloves? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we were in our chat with him. He um, for ages. That's yeah, him. yeah. He he humoured us for a while. We humoured him. I'd like to think. Yeah. He told us that he wanted to start his own podcast because yeah. he's he's really into his football. Like maybe we should get him in. We would. We'd like to get him in. Love We'd like to, to get him back at this club, to be honest. But you know, we we'll, have to speak to Gav about that. I don't think. Yeah. He what was his quote? He said uh, he when he's on the team coach. Uh, away to games with Dartford he wants to talk about football he said I love my football you know people don't want to talk about shop as in like talking about football I love it I can't get enough of it you know I want to talk about the old teams in like Italy in the 90s I want to talk about Rakoba, Varane Zanetti and we're like yeah yeah that sounds great like, talking about Diego Milito and Cambiasso yeah what has he said oh I see you guys you're my guys well, it's an interesting <laughs> you, you like, link you like from, your football from you guys 
you two who I look up to bravely, and uh, <laughs> another podcast legend, Peter Crouch, who also says in his podcast that some footballers just, just don't stop talking shop. <laughs> it's definitely Billy Crook. And that's Billy Crook, is yeah. it? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, he's the self-described uh, non-Lee Ferrati. Yeah. Um, he takes so much pride with that label. Yeah, yeah. It's a real, a real sort of connoisseur's choice of uh, you know, self-appointed nickname. Yeah. What I love about him as well, I was watching him on Saturday, and I love it because if because he considers himself quite quite two-footed, and he kind of is to a point. If there's a pass to be made, it can either be made with his stronger right foot. Or a slightly weaker left foot, but he can use his left foot because it shows he's got a bit about him. He'll use his left foot, and he did that on Saturday for a through ball at one point. And I was like, "Yeah, Billy, knows. that's class." Billy, Billy still knows. Totally unnecessary, but I, I rated it. Yeah, it's a bit like Ash Carew. Rest, um, rest in peace. But no, it's always great to see him, and he's um, he's from the area, so. Oh yeah, still he's around the corner. Was it near Ruskin Park? Yeah. I mean, let's not give his address. <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> so I said near Ruskin Park. So yeah, Ruskin Park's massive. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was a nice feeling, the uh, clubhouse after the game. We talked to Billy Crook and all the players were in there. It was a good feeling. And Yeah, like... Cookie was there. Magnus was having a, a good chat with a few people. Michael Chambers. Gavin Caddy. Absolutely, they were there for a while and they weren't doing it because they had to be there doing it because they were enjoying themselves and I think having the that vibe in the bar is really, really important. I feel, certainly for myself, I don't know whether I can speak for you guys, but post-tooting, it's starting to feel a lot more like home at Champion Hill and that's the, the reason I, you know, the, the reason I got into Dulwich was because of how it made me feel and I wasn't the Dartford game, but certainly a lot of the games recently, I felt a bit much more like the old Dulwich games. Everyone's back at the club. Everyone's the social side of things. Everyone's back in the norm. Um, the bar's doing well. It's holding, it's holding court with people, and people enjoy being there as a bar as well as coming to watch great football, which is, is starting to show, even in a league that maybe is, you know we're getting used to. Yeah, we actually met a few people whose first game it was. I managed to knock one of their pints out of their hands when I was celebrating the Cory Sheffers <laughs> Sheriff's scrappy second goal. Um, but we, you know, we went to the bar after the game, and th- it was just nice to hear a sort of refreshing new perspective on coming to a game for the first time. Because I think when you see Dulwich like that, it's at its best. And th- you know, when they saw the players coming through to the bar, I don't think they really realised that that was part of what it's about and what this club is about it's such a special part of yeah of Dulwich and they you know they end up like having a chat with Michael Chambers for a few minutes like he's I think, got time for everyone I think it's nice that people can still come even and have a first experience that they still really enjoy when that first experience is so different to even like three years ago when like you get a thousand people at a game on a Saturday and now you get almost three times that and they can still come and still enjoy it and like you say still experience with the players in the bar afterwards and see stuff that's been happening for the years that we've been coming and it's still happening even despite the huge increase in crowds. Yeah, no, I tweeted something after the game, like, you know, the players were there for a while and Gavin was the last to leave and he pretty much shook everyone's hand on his way out as as is his want. Um, so, yeah, good, very... good from the gaffer as we sit in his old office. And, uh... and there was a... There was a a uh, funny moment uh, on the TVs in the club bar was was it West Ham Newcastle? I think Declan Rice had already scored for West Ham, <coughs> England's Declan Rice, and uh, Mark Noble was stepping up to take a penalty and he belted it into the top top hand, top right hand corner. And was, we were stood next to uh, Anthony Cook, and uh, as it flew into the top corner, Cookie just went, "Oh man, takes penalties like Cook." <laughs> <laughs> Always interesting to hear our footballers refer to themselves as <laughs> yeah. we've been the calling third him, person. Yeah, we've been calling him Cookie for ages, but maybe it's Cook. Maybe instead of all the biscuit-based puns, it should be <laughs> chef-based puns. Yeah, maybe we've been getting it wrong this whole time. Yeah, stop getting Cook wrong. Well, let's ask <laughs> him next time he's in the bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but do you know when I'm over Dartford, over a pr- promotion chase in Dartford is a, a solid result. Yeah, I mean Billy said it. I also had a chat with. Um, Ben Greenhouch, who shares my surname and also had a short spell at Inter Milan early in his career. And they both said to us, how are you lot 18? And if we ask ourselves that, like after every good performance we put in, because the the ease we've kind of 
in which we've played when we've been playing our best has been so much better than a team that should be in 18th just make life very difficult for it's us just, else, don't we? I think for me it's just the inconsistencies it's getting used to we've had a lot of a huge player turnover this season um, for many reasons um, and getting used to a new new league yeah fresh season new, yeah. new opposition you know it's a very different place to be I think as well like obviously the tooting thing was unsettling the move back is obviously so joyful but a lot of these new players haven't necessarily played here before so it's getting used to two new grounds in a season basically yeah. so yeah we um, you know I feel like we should need to give the team a bit of a buy this year yeah I think onwards and upwards definitely yeah um, and it is a big confidence booster isn't it um, taking that that three points against a pretty accomplished established team where does it leave us? Where? Well, physically, in the table, <laughs> mentally, and spiritually. I think it leaves us in a position where, well, a position similar to what we thought already, is that we will stay up. I think our team's much worse in the league than us, who will go down. Um, and that on our day, we can compete with anyone in the league, which is probably true of every team, to be honest, when you look at the results. Actually, that's a point to make. So on Saturday, we beat Dartford 2-0. Western won at Torquay. Western are bottom and Torquay are top. And who beat Billericay? Someone's got to remember that. East Thurrock? East Thurrock. Yeah, Ricky Hale scored twice. Centre back. Well, wasn't centre-back. it that no team in the top half won? No team in the top 11 won. That's mad. Like, <laughs> that shouldn't happen. Imagine that happening in the Premier League. Yeah. Like, would never happen yeah like this is a weird league that's what we're finding and that's that's probably one of the reasons why we're down in 18th is because these results happen quite consistently where teams are beating you know teams in the bottom half of the table are beating teams in the top half of the table and yet you know, maybe we haven't quite got the knack of pulling out those results as often as other teams have but it is doable and on our day we can do it i.e. Dartford yeah <clears throat> um, and it's St Albans up next yeah uh, St Albans on Saturday um, 11th in the league St Albans yeah they've actually drawn their last three league games 2-2 which uh, using my great insight suggests that they score goals but they also concede more stats so, so look out Michael Owen yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't like films <laughs> every time I watch the film I haven't liked it uh, so there could be a chance for some goals up at uh, well I was going to say North London but it's the other side of the M25 Hertfordshire yeah Technically. Medieval Cathedral City. Yeah. You have you ever been? Yeah. You sound like you have been, normally. St Albans? Yeah. Yeah, I went up there once or twice. Nice. I've never been. You not? Uh but I'm looking forward to getting the Thames Link up there. Yeah. My favourite train. Not <laughs> head to St Albans. The tickets have been purchased. That's um, the second Thames Link reference in consecutive podcasts. Yeah, I really. reckon I can keep them going. Um <laughs> Are you working on commission? Other train lines do operate in this country. Because if Applebee's are asking, I will work on commission. <laughs> <laughs> no, the less time spent on the Thames, the better, to be honest. But yeah. you, you, you're quite familiar with St Albans, aren't you? What, what sort of vibe can we expect from the club and the, and the city? Because it, <laughs> it is a city. Uh, it's a city, it's obviously a commuter town. A lot of people live in St Albans, work in London, straight into King's Cross. Half an hour. Expensive though, one of the most expensive train routes in the country. Uh, which leads me on to the next point, which is that there's quite a lot of money in St Albans. House prices are through the roof. There's some very nice establishments if you fancy some fancy eating out, which I imagine Dunwich fans will, obviously. <laughs> there's a very nice Carluccio's, if anyone fancies a chain chain meal with some very burnt coffee. Oh, coffee maker reference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in general, there's some nice pubs actually, old school pubs. Not st- you're not staying over? I'm not going, I'm at Palace Brighton. So, more Premier League football for one of us. Just an in and out job for me. Yeah. Speaking of which, the Cock Inn at the top of the high street is a, a good pub. <laughs> nice. Very nice good pub. Kink. With Love a kink. good selection of ales. A nice garden out the back if the weather's nice. Um, you're going to be flying solo, I think, because I'm actually down in Torquay again this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going back. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's Saturday night two weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. No, I've gone back. Um, so actually, we look forward to hearing about how that goes. I actually think Jack's still asleep in one of our bedrooms there. I don't think I've, I haven't seen him in two weeks. So. 
So yeah, St. Albans are uh, 12 points ahead of us. I think they're in 11th place. Before those three 2-2 draws in a row, they lost 5-0 against Hungerford. Mm. Um, so I feel like it's a game that we probably should get something out of, given the Dartford performance. Um, I suppose we can expect a similar lineup to the Dartford game, considering. Yeah, I, would have, I thought we lined up pretty well. It looked solid. It looked dangerous. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can start mirroring some of that positive energy that we had on Saturday into, what was your, into our away. What was your points prediction then? How many How many do you think they're ahead of us? Points? Yeah. 12. Oh, yeah. 13. Oh, 13? Yeah. I think so. I think I'm not. I actually counted No, that 12. Earlier. No, 12. <laughs> <laughs> you did it right there. Just, just testing. Yeah, good testing. <laughs> <laughs> Passed, thank God. Uh, so, should we get some score predictions? Ollie, what is your prediction for Saturday? I think if we play the same team we played against Dartford, as well as we played against Dartford, we could we could take three points away, which would be really important. I'm going to go two nil. Two nil, never yeah. change. I'm going to go two one. Nice to to the Dulwich. To the Dulwich. Yeah, I think I'll probably go two one as well. I think two. Really? Clean. You think Preston's going to concede? Yeah, I think two clean sheets in a row might be a bit too much to ask. I think with the birth more. of his new baby girl, he's going to be more. He'll be he'll be really excited and he'll be like focused. He'll be like, right, I need to do this. That makes, I mean, there's no correlation between the feeling and how well it'll perform on the pitch, but I just think it'll do great. So, yeah, 2-0. So 2-0, two, nil. Two, nil, two, two, one. 2 one We shall see. We'll see how we go. Um, we were going to have a bit of a reminisce about the Billericay game last season, which was 3-1 uh, to Dulwich, uh, which was a big uh, moment in the season, given the title race between the two teams. Noel Clunas ran away and scored a goal in the pretty much the last minute, I think, which everyone remembers. But we've chatted on so much that I feel like we don't really have time. So do you have anything you'd like to say about that night quickly? Uh, I think it was just a really special night because it was right in the middle of a lot of uncertainty about our situation. Uh, we didn't really know where we were going to be playing. Um, the shutters were starting to be boarded up um, at Champion Hill, as it were. And you, you go to that, that game not really expecting to get the three points. Wasn't that the day we were stripped of our name? I think it was that. It was, a, like, it was, it was in the middle of a mad week. I think it was even the same day. It that was our, the same our, day. Our, our name got trademarked. It turned up not being called Dulwich Hamlet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the team with no name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bit of Ricky versus Reese Salasani. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. It was just a remarkable performance. Like, the team just left their hearts on the pitch that night and... No, definitely one of the best nights of the We conceded first as well in that game. We did, yeah. We went down, so we went one nil down in nine minutes. A three-one comeback, which is always very positive. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I love Reese. He's brilliant, and he, his quality just shone through in that yeah. game. But he did, um, he did have a long injury in that game. He took, a, yeah, I think it was his back. Actually. Yeah, so he was down on the ground for about twenty minutes and uh, had to be stretched off. We scored in like. The 20th minute of added time. Yeah, not after crossing it into Dippo, who smashed a yeah. beautiful head on the far post. Yeah. No, it was great. Great night. We also got a point at Billericay there in this season, which is a pretty enjoyable game. Nathan Ferguson delivering the goods for your Fergie. Point. My Fergie. Yeah. Still plays for Dulwich. So one of our Nathans. One of the main Nathans. Um, yeah, a great night and a bit of classic. I wanted to bring it up because I saw you replied to something on Twitter earlier saying it was one of the best nights of your life I think it was I think it was just like a very emotional night um, given everything that was going on around the club and to go there to a club that had kind of become our rivals not just for the title but in terms of sort of what you stand for as a football club it meant a lot to come back with three points even though it ultimately didn't mean we won the league it was a big result and you know we got promoted in the end which is what matters and we came home we came home. Here we are now, and there is a photo of me uh, high fiving Dippo um, after that game on the wall of this tunnel. So it's a nice little memento. What a positive note to finish on. Yeah. Nice. The only thing I wanted to mention before we uh, head back upstairs into the uh, DHFC club bar is um, Ashley Carew has left the club temporarily. <laughs> he, he is on loan. Taking um, it back down to the uh, well, no, sad that, times of losing Ash for a bit. Well, it's sad to begin with, but as I tell the story, it's not particularly that sad. But he's <laughs> gone. He's gone to Egham Town, 
Sounds a bit like my life. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the uh, the Ryman Division One South, I think. I think it's you can still call it that. Um, but he's he's on loan and he's assistant manager. Not only that, he is playing in the same team as Dean Lodge and Dean McDonald. What a lineup! Yeah, three um, three of Dulwich's most uh, enjoyable players to watch. I think for, yeah. for a little while. Ash for a very long while, but uh, yeah, what a great little um, squad that's um, turning out with to be. All three of them in the starting lineup on Saturday, they uh, lost 2 1. <laughs> the only way is up. <laughs> As last time, uh, what's the time? We are just into tonight's Champions League games. Last time, Higo, I asked you for your um, predictions of what the score would be when we checked the screens, and uh, you were actually quite close, I think. I think you came pretty close to guessing exactly the right results. I was awful, but I think we should do it again this time. So it's tonight's PSG against Man United and Porto are hosting Roma. Second legs of those games. What do you think the score's going to be? What are we now, about 10 or 15 minutes in? So United were down 2-0 in, yeah. in the first leg. Yeah. I think it's going to be 1-1. 1-1. And what was the score in the first leg of Roma? Porto. Oh man, I mean you're testing it. I think it's two one to Roma. Right. I think. Correct. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I'll go one nil Roma. One nil Roma. Extending the aggregate. I'm line. gonna go. I think it's gonna be a Roma PSG win. I'm gonna go Roma three nil. Because <laughs> I like goals. Goals are brilliant. <laughs> and I think Man United are going to go one nil up in about the fourth minute and then PSG are going to come back and hammer them home 2-1 I reckon it's going to be I think the Solskjaer field effect is going to play a part tonight Ooh. I think something might happen I think they're going to be one I think United are going to be one nil up when we go back upstairs and I think they're going to I think they're going to win 3 nil on aggregate I mean Ooh. 3 nil on the night and 3 to an aggregate I'll end your misery there it is 7 minutes into the Man United game and they are already Don't- one nil up. <laughs> <laughs> Are they actually? Yeah. <laughs> On that listeners, we'll uh, see you next time. Thank you, Hugo. Cheers. Take care, guys. Thanks, Ollie. Thank you very much for having me. I so, hope that it's not put anyone off your podcast. I mean, it's 56 minutes. Well, it's... we got two Jarman to the price of one, though, didn't we? <laughs> Little, little 10 second cameo from Mama Jarman. Oh, yeah, Jill came on. Oh, big shout It's a four person podcast tonight. Yeah. Oh, Lucky you, listeners. Yeah. And yeah, sorry you didn't have the rest of my clan. Um, we've all been very busy working and earning money and things. And... <laughs> Great. Cheers. Bye. nice of all teams. Went out and played like swaggering dandies as the Hamlet do. An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get it. Swaggering dandies. An absolute humdinger. Swaggering dandies.